Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Warning, the following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. If there ever was a year for a player that wants to make his mark by sticking a needle up his pretend he's Alex Rodriguez, this would be the year. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this glorious Monday, June 29th morning. I'm sitting in for the next two hours, as we always do, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away emails, tweets, phone calls right here on Bagels and Bad Beats again for this Monday morning, June 29th. Cam's going where and for how little? Wiping the slate slash flag clean. Uh, You don't ask by how many. Anybody want to go for a swim? Jazz or Kings for a day. Do we deep six the 76ers? College school of hard knocks. Be careful not to bite the hand that feeds you. Does Johnny Fieldgold finally get it? Ready to piss away 25,000? Now, are you just a moron or what? And uh, this isn't brain surgery, or is it? And thanks for nothing, Drew. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here again on a Monday, June 29th. Bagels and bad beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Well, it is a glorious, glorious Monday. We're back to the grind, and I'll tell you, you know, pretty good weekend. Had some fun. Did this, did that. As you can see on my back shoulder here, when I last left you, my goal was to get the fish tank filled. Uh, well, that obviously did not happen. So uh, I got another goal for this upcoming week, get the fish tank filled as, as the uh, the delay continues from Christmas of uh, this past year. But, uh, you know, pretty good weekend. And then I hop on a computer last night, and I see good old Cam get signed by the New England Patriots. Wow, what the fudge. You know what's amazing? We'll get into it. But the Patriots went from having the most beloved quarterback by the officials in Tom Brady to probably the most hated. We'll talk about that. NBA, our topping bet, all coming up. Bagels and Bad Beach right here on a Monday morning with yours truly. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. disgusting bagel now back to bagels and bad beats with scott wetzel bagels and bad beats on this monday morning with yours truly scott wetzel taking you right up until 7 a.m eastern time again the toll-free telephone number we'll hit the phones here in a sec 844-843-6879 again 844-843-6879 843-6879 tweet at opposite picks email me hit the uh contact scott icon at my website and we'll do all that stuff coming up over the next two hours for sure so that's the biggest news of the weekend you know nothing crazy happened uh you know saturday 
Nothing crazy necessarily happened. Sunday, we'll get into the golf here, which is a complete joke, by the way, in a sec. So Sunday night, hop on a computer, see what's going on, figure out what we're going to talk about. And there, lo and behold, we see the story. Cam Newton signs with the New England Patriots. Uh, I tell you, under normal circumstances, this wouldn't be any big deal as a Dolphin fan. But the AFC East is up for grabs this year for sure. We're looking at Jared Stinkin' Stidham as the uh, Patriot quarterback. He blew in college. He wasn't going to be any good for the Patriots. Josh Allen sucks. We all know that. And Sam Darnold should be back in high school. He's so young. Two with tags, realistically, was going to be the best quarterback in the division for the Dolphins. Hell, Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be the best quarterback, arguably, in this division, believe it or not, for the upcoming season. So the Dolphins were set to return to the promised land. I mean, everything was laid out perfectly, even if you didn't believe in Tua, which I don't. Now Cam signs a one-year deal with New England. Ugh. You know, 31 years old, maybe he's a bum, maybe he's shot, maybe he's broken down, maybe he's old, maybe he's not motivated, but it's New England. You know what's going to happen. He's going to be a stud. He's got a one-year contract, which means he absolutely positively has to prove himself. He can make only, oh, by the way, up to $7.5 million. So, you know, that's what incentive. So I wonder how much they actually guaranteed him that. What, $4 million, $5 million? I mean, you talk about no market whatsoever for this guy that he could only get a one-year contract. Now, maybe just maybe the Patriots played a big role in it versus signing with someone else for more guaranteed money. But at least this way on paper, he says, you know what, uh, it's only a matter of time before I can be the starting quarterback. Maybe that's part of it, which is why it's a one-year deal. He could do well and walk. But let's take it for what it is. It's a $7.5 million uh, motivated, if you will, incentive-laden contract. Now, think about Teddy Bridgewater. He made $7 million last year being uh, one of 15,000 quarterbacks for the New Orleans Saints. Think about that. He had obviously no chance of starting behind Drew Brees. So. He got $7 million to sit on the Saints bench, even though he did play a few games. You know, he's, Cam's not even getting that, basically. Man, I'll tell you what. But as I mentioned, the Patriots are going to go from having the most beloved quarterback uh, with Tom Brady with the officials, who always look the other way, to, you know, probably the most hated. I mean, the officials, I will say, and never being a Cam fan, but I will tell you, the officials never gave him the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely never. They would get this. He would get crushed and there wouldn't be any penalty flags for late hits. So, you know, welcome to the real world Patriots from that standpoint. But he played three games last year. He had his foot surgery, that Liz Frank injury and everything else. He really is basically 500 as a starter, 71 and 59. But that includes a lot of bad teams that he, he first came on. He was the first overall pick 2010. Only 10 years in the league, you know, which for a quarterback nowadays, you know, doesn't sound like a whole heck of a lot, but he's an old 31. He's been broken down. He's taken a lot of beatings over the years. And, and maybe, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be uh, you know, optimistic about this from a Dolphins standpoint and a Jets and Bills standpoint that, you know, they're getting a broken down cam. And even though he may be past his physical, but there's got to be a reason why other teams stayed away instead of bringing him in, i.e. the L.A. Chargers, you know, certainly could have, or the, uh, you know, Indianapolis Colts, even though they went with Phillip Rivers, they could have brought Cam in instead. So there are other teams that could have brought him in and didn't. Hopefully they know a little something more than what the Patriots know, but how many times do we actually say that? So, you know, and believe it or not, it's been five years, which in some ways doesn't seem that long, but in other ways it seems like an eternity when uh, he took the, Pan uh, the Panthers to the Super Bowl. So that was back in 2015. So a lot of water under the bridge since then. 
But it's just, you know, it's the Patriots. Yeah, you, I didn't think this was going to happen. Why now? You know, the question that you need to ask Belichick and company is why now? You know, why not two months ago? Why not three months ago? You know, why why not? The, is this what they had in mind when they did not draft a quarterback that they knew uh, in the back of their mind that they were going to go after uh, Cam? Maybe it was more Cam than it was the Patriots. Maybe, you know, the Patriots made this offer. And Cam said, no, 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 no. I'm going to hold out for hopefully a starting job. And then he realizes that's not going to happen unless they get into training camp and somebody gets hurt. But you got to believe this year, especially, you know, unless a quarterback just blows out his knee running, uh, no quarterback is going to get any hits whatsoever. Normally never do in preseason, but especially this year. So maybe reality hit with Cam and he just said the chances of a quarterback going down this spring training are absolutely nil. So I might as well sign with a good team with an opportunity to maybe play. Maybe it was more. I'd like to know if it was more Cam or if it was more the Patriots stepping up uh, and maybe up in its offer a little bit versus Cam saying, OK, this is all you're willing to give me. Then I'll go ahead and do it. So. Uh, I do think it's funny that you know they make this news uh, on the day that they lose a third round pick, get fined one point one million dollars, and told not to have crews uh, record games during the 2020 season as part of that uh, Spygate uh, number two, if you will, scandal in which their uh, crews were recording the Cincinnati Bungle sidelines. So you know, you think that was coincidence? Eh, I don't. I don't think so. If anyone thinks that the day the NFL announces its uh, results, if you will, of its investigation and hands down the punishment for that incident is the same day that they signed Cam Newton, then you're kidding yourself. No, this was absolutely planned. Don't let it be a cast-off, throwaway story. You know, I don't know why 1.1 million. You know, why not one million? You know, what, what was that extra hundred thousand dollars? Why not? You know, a million and a half. Or even 1.25, but 1.1 seems strange. You know, I would have made it maybe 100,000 per game and make it 1.6. I understand that. I don't quite get the 1.1 million, but it is what it is, which is a drop in the bucket. No big deal. Third round pick, you know, the Patriots have a gazillion picks. So, you know, it's basically, and the crew is not allowed to record games during the season again. Who cares? You know, it's. No big deal there. It wasn't even really part of, of their team's crew. It was them doing the specials on, on uh, you know, sideline workers. So they lose a third round pick. All right. It, it's, you know, second round pick, first round pick obviously would have hurt, but a third round pick. Yeah. You know, they, they basically slapped their wrist once again. Golf over the weekend. You know, two weeks ago, I paid your mortgage with Tis the Law winning the Belmont. And this week, we paid your car payment with Jordan Spieth making a cut. Now, albeit. By just one shot when everything was said and done. We last left you on Friday. He was three under par. I told you that, and this was our big play of the weekend, Jordan Spieth making a cut at less than two to one, which I still don't understand. You know, here's a guy that has made every cut except one this year. He won this tournament just a couple of years ago for FanDuel anyway to have him at less than two to one to just to make the cut. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you scratch your head. That, that's what it is about the boys in Vegas. You know, you see a line, you think it, it's the greatest thing in the world, but then you start wondering, ah, they're, they're kind of suckering me in. This is too good to be true. I'm going to stay away. They know something more than we do. So let, let me just not play it or I'll play it just a little. And then in the end, it turns out it was, you know, not necessarily an easy bet, but it was a winning bet. You know, that, that and that's the main thing because he did make the cut. He finished at four under par. He shot a one under uh, 69 on Friday. Put him at four under, and he was out early. So I thought, you know, quite frankly, that this was going to be a breeze. I talked about it in my podcast, you know, pat myself on the back. And then lo and behold, you know, 
the cut was minus three. I mean, he, he made it by one lousy shot. I mean, if he didn't shoot, you know, the one under, I, I thought we had a couple of shots to give. I thought as long as he finished that one under for the for the first two rounds combined, we'd be okay. But as it turned out, that one under 69 on uh, Friday was the one that made him make the cut. How ridiculous is that, though? You know, uh, Dustin Johnson won. Who cares? Uh, bottom line is 14 players missed the cut at minus three. 40 players finished under par after Friday's second round and missed the cut. 40. You, you can't have a, a PGA tournament with this short of distance, 6,800 yards. That, that's ridiculous. These guys, again, are putting for eagles on par four 400-yard uh, you know, drives. If, if you're not going to have a, a big monster hook, you, you cannot have a 400-yard par four. And they had some less than 400 yards. I mean, that's idiotic. How about shooting three under after two rounds and you don't even make the cut? You don't even make the cut? Are you kidding me? You know, Luke Dotto finishing last place at plus six. Okay, that's not, the, you know, crazy. But how about finishing minus one for the tournament? You finished in fourth to last place. You finished basically at the bottom of the pile shooting under par golf for the weekend. That's crazy. That should not be allowed. Not at all. All right, phone calls coming. A lot to get the Bengals. That beats for this one sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com try my disgusting bagel now back to bagels and bad beats with scott wetzel Bagels and Bad Beats on this Monday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 844-843-6879. Again, toll-free, 844-843-6879. A ton, as you would expect, to get to on this uh, Monday morning, including uh, the NBA, which is an absolute joke. You know, normally I don't bury the lead, you know, but the story that really makes me laugh, pisses me off, just says, you know what, I knew it is coming from the NBA. We'll get to that in a sec, but I will I will finish up the golf real quickly just by saying I'm glad Bryson DeChambeau didn't win. He did finish in the top 10 for the sixth straight tournament, uh, but he did not win, and that's the main thing because someone's got to have some balls. I read so many stories about this guy over the last two weeks. Boy, he has just been the absolute darling of the PGA Tour. Jim Nance even said it in the rain delay when I was watching. He said he's, he's the biggest story on the tour by far. He hasn't even won this year, Bryson DeChambeau, and he's still the biggest story. It's not Jordan Spieth. It's not Brooks Kepka, It's not this guy or that guy. It's Bryson DeChambeau, a guy who hasn't even won. And there's Jim Nance saying at CBS he thinks he's the biggest story on the tour. I mean, who's going to have the balls to finally step up and just say what everyone is thinking? Roids. All right? Guy put on 25 to 40 pounds of muscle from December. I, I mean, are you, nobody does that, all right? Nobody but nobody. Not even with today's technology and the new weights and the new this and the new that. You don't put on 25, 40 pounds of muscle. You just don't do it without some extra help. So I'm reading all these stories, which is why it's so fascinating. Really, I read all these stories about him and how he, uh, you know, is, should be winning and he's driving the ball 400 yards, literally. 
you know, 350 to 400 yards and all these drives. And, he, you know, he went through all this training. They, 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 they put the training label on it. No one ever goes into any detail. Out of all the stories I've read these last two weeks, no one's actually gone into real detail on what this so-called training is that he's done for the last six months. I mean, just say it. I mean, I'm not even accusing him of it, but it's obvious. If he's a baseball player, the whole world is saying, show me a roids test. I mean, so why don't they do that with golfers? Why? I mean, especially if you're going to elevate this guy to superstar status when he hasn't even won, for goodness sakes. So if you're going to make him out to be the next Tiger Woods, then go ahead and show me. Show me what he did. Tell me what he did aside from just training and and uh, new analytics. No, 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 no. Show me if, you know, give me that. Give me the roid test. There you go. Just give me the roid test. Uh, I'll shut up if you give me the roid test because I'm telling you, something is not right. You don't put on that kind of muscle. You just don't without, uh, you know, being helped along the way. All right, five one or uh, eight eight four four eight four three uh, six eight seven nine. To the phones we go. We'll start with our good buddy, as always, Johnny in Manhattan. What's up, John? Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats on this Monday morning. Hey, Scott. Good morning. How are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm fine. You were speculating that the Patriots fine at one point one million was kind of odd versus just finding them a million dollars. Scott, you forgot. You always got to pay the vig. You always got to pay the vig. <laughs> That's right. Even in NFL fines, good one. That's right. You got to pay the ten percent vig. Very nice, John. <laughs> By the way, speaking so, of which, getting... I, I would tell you, I'll, I'll jump in real quick. I'll delve into a little bit more. I, I did watch the movie on uh, Tim Donahue this weekend. I don't know if you saw that or not. Not. No, it, it was it was actually halfway decent, believe it or not. Uh, I'll you know I'll, I'll get into it later this hour, but it was actually uh, it's like a two hour movie on you know him and his gambling, the NBA referee. Um, it was actually pretty good. I I, I got to tell you, but anyway, go ahead. Well, I was just getting to the most important story of the weekend, which is what was Scott doing instead of filling the fish tank? It sounds like you're watching the movie, Scott. What's going on? I did. I, you know what? Um, I finished binge watching the um, Inside Game is the name of the, uh, the one. I finished watching uh, Ray Donovan. You know, I'm not a good binge watcher, John, in that I, I, I am the classic person. Um, I am a doer. You know, if I start a project, I got to finish it. You know, I, I just, it just it's in my it's on my mind all the time. You know, if I want to clean out the basement or I want to, you know, put up the fish tank up, you know, it, it's always there. So whenever I start binge watching something, whether it was The Sopranos a couple of months ago or Ray Donovan this past month, I I, I just got to sit every, you know, free moment I have. I just feel compelled. I, I want to get through this thing. So I, I watched the last four episodes this week at a Ray Donovan, in addition to the uh, inside game. So a um, little disappointed in Ray Donovan, but I, I must say, I thought it was better than the um, Sopranos ending. Right? At least they tied up a couple of loose ends. I don't know if you're a Ray Donovan fan or not, but um, I would have made it, and I'll get I into this. I certainly am, John. I, I certainly am a Ray Donovan fan. John Voight just totally hits it out of the park. And you yes. know that his daughter's Angelina Jolie, right, Scott? I, I do now. I, I do now, yeah. You know what, John? I don't know why. I'm, I'm glad you said you're a fan then. To me, just like I would have done something differently with Sopranos, um, I would have made it where they got the money, right? They got the, whether it was $2 million or whether it was $20 million from the company that the guy was you know, dealing with. I would have made it where they got the money, 
and the entire family, all the brothers and the fathers had to go overseas to a foreign country and just live that way. It would have left a, a you know, a, a sequel as a possibility. And it would have been nice just after seven years of bickering and fighting and hating each other and throwing each other in jail. In the end, the perfect little bow, they start together as a family and they end together as a family. I mean, I, I, I can't believe the writers didn't see that opportunity just to, to give this uh, underlining theme. It's always family. I mean, the whole thing was based on hating each other, right? I mean, the whole thing was based on we're family, so we're going to stick together. So why not make it where they're all alive, as they all were, and they all get this money, and then they all have to leave the country because of all the things they've done, but they you know, basically get a, a free start and, and make it you know, very symbolic of you stick with your family thick and through. I, I, I can't believe they didn't see that opportunity. They just dropped the ball. Spoken like a guy who's been through seven years of uh, bitching and complaining, Scott. <laughs> yes. You're a warrior. I'll give you that. Exactly, John. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, back to John Voight. He's Angelina Jolie's father, and his brother is Chip Taylor. Chip Taylor is from the band The, the Trogs, I believe is the name, who wrote, he wrote Wild Thing, that great, great song. Right, right. It took me a little while to to buy into his character. You know, I just uh, remember him from some of the other movies that he had. Um, but then once you kind of like finally were able to throw that away, he really more than even Ray Donovan, I think, kind of carried the show. It, it, him and Ray for sure. You know, in in the end, the last few years. All right, so you're binge watching and not filling up the fish tank. All right, Scott. Well, yeah. hopefully next weekend you'll get it done. Thanks so much. Hi, right, John. Appreciate it, bud. Uh, 844-843-6879. Yeah, they, uh, if you're not into the Ray Donovan, it's basically like Sopranos West. Um, it's about a family and, and it's, you know, with the mob and he's kind of a fixer uh, for all these different rich people. That's how he makes his money. And, of course, he gets in and trouble, out of trouble, in trouble, out of trouble. He's got three brothers. Um, and it's just the everyday life. And he's got his own family and this and that. So it, it's very good. But the whole seven years is just him getting in trouble and out of trouble with his family and his father who left them as a kid and was an absentee father. Uh, as a kid, they saw his mother die. And, and it, so it all revived. John Voight plays that character and it all kind of evolves around Voight, the father, being a pain in the ass. And, and one of those guys that has all these great get rich uh, quick schemes and for whatever reason, always seem to fall apart. And, you know, he's always left, uh, you know, with the, with the empty bag, spent 20 years in jail because this a bunch of people set him up. And, and that's really the premise of the entire series. And but it always goes back to family. You know, instead of you, you know, as you're watching, you say, well, you know, just just leave these people and get on your own. But it's always family, family, family that brings them together. So the last year, which was this past season. He had an opportunity because the father did something with this other guy. And to make a long story short, they're sitting on making about 20 million bucks and they actually get the money. So the perfect, as I say, the perfect ending would be just to have the three brothers all get together or four brothers, really four brothers uh, get together with the father 
and you know, hop on a plane, go into a foreign country, pick any country, and they finally made it. They're finally rich, but they have to stick together. I mean, after seven years of bickering and fighting and staying together because they're family, I mean, the symbolic gesture of just, okay, they finally got it, and they finally you know, are still staying together, even if they didn't have the money, still if they had to leave the country because of all the things that they did, it would have been a nice symbolic gesture of just this is what the show was all about, family. And in the end, you know, the family stuck together, and even if it meant them all leaving the country, I really, I really, instead, they just kind of left it up in the air. And you know, one guy died, and and uh, they didn't really say who got the money. I think I guess the father basically did, but it was really. I think people need to come to me. They really do. They, I think after writing for so long in a series they just lose it mentally like they, they lose all their imagination they need to step away i say this about the sopranos there's no reason to me why they should have ended that series and i don't know what the ratings were for the sopranos or ray donovan maybe it was more than ratings. maybe it was just money and everything else from the actors wanting more money but you know when it comes to the point where the writer says ah, i got writer's block i I'm, I'm tapped out i just i can't figure out what to do with this i've done it everything already so that's when you go get new writers you don't cancel the series that's when you call up yours truly and say, hey, listen, we're, we're stuck here. I know you've been watching this thing for seven years. Help us out. Give us some storylines. I mean, there's so, so many more storylines you could have done with this thing. And again, I, I think even if you were going to end it, you don't end it as openly as they did with The Sopranos. Like, really no closure whatsoever on anything. Make it where they're going to leave the country. Uh, it, it's, it's so obvious, so easy to me. But didn't happen. All right, 844-843-6879. I'll tell you what happened. Well, I'll tell you, the NBA is really a joke. It is absolutely a joke what they did, and they're making a mockery of the league. That's coming up next. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning. Scott Wetzel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Monday morning with your tools, Scott Wetzel. 844-843-6879. Again, toll free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at OfficeOfFix. You want to email me, go to the website, OfficeOfFix.com. Hit the contact, Scott icon, and fire away. We might be having some technical difficulties. Let us see with the phone lines, uh, because now um, I cannot hear anything. Well, let, let us see. Let's give uh, Rich in West Virginia a call. Rich, welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats. Hello there. Hello there. You hear me? You hear me? Um, sort of, yes. I, I, I do, Rich, but not how I'm supposed to hear you, but I do hear you. Yes, fire away. Oh, what's kind of interesting. I mean, I didn't give my name or where I was calling from, and they just uh... – Apparently, you must have caller ID and put somebody on. Yeah, because you had called before and you dropped off. So I think he, he saw the caller ID. Okay, if he saw the caller ID, okay. 
Yeah. You were talking golf before, and one thing that interests me is not the player. I never heard, like you said, I never heard of the player. I have no idea who he is. But uh, the one thing is Jim Nance. This is something that I'll ask you because you're critical of different people. I just think that Jim Nance is the most overrated announcer that I've ever heard. I just want to know your opinion on that. I just don't see there's just nothing exciting about him. Maybe that's the way the golf is, but he just shows no enthusiasm, no nothing, and he barely even talks, and it just seems to me like uh, I guess he's done other stuff besides golf, but it really does. It just seems to me that he is just tremendously overrated. I just want to know your opinion on that. Yeah, you know what? I like Nance in football, Rich. I think he does a good job. He kind of knows his place, if you will. But with golf, it's almost like there's there's too much airtime. I'll, I'll reflect back on an old story where uh, you know I was doing some play-by-play earlier in my career, and um, you know I thought baseball would be the easiest just because I love baseball and it's slow and it's methodical and not that big a deal versus free-flowing basketball and the NHL or uh, and NBA and, and college basketball, which I was doing, and even lacrosse I was doing. But as it turns out, the more airtime you have, the really the more difficult it is. And I, I get that same sense with Nance. I don't think he's horrible, but I got to tell you, I, I thought the same thing watching it. You know, I've, I've thought this before, and it, it got, you know, back in the forefront of my mind this weekend as well. That, that there was just, you know, I don't like him in golf. Uh, I think he's terrific in the NFL. He's got a partner that he knows when to step aside and let the, the, the analyst be the expert, and he just does the play-by-play. In golf, he seems to want to elevate himself to expert status. Instead of, you know, relying on all the pros that are on the broadcast, he he tends to feel a little bit more challenged, I think. Well, almost like he has something to prove with all these golfers. Like, hey, I'm more than just a play-by-play guy. So I am not. I agree with you. I'm not a big fan of his golf. NFL, yes. I don't think he's horrible. Don't get me wrong. But he just doesn't, you know, he's kind of got the Booker McFarland in golf, you know, just doesn't know when to shut up and let the color analysts do what they're supposed to do. I've never heard him do football. Uh, Maybe um, I haven't seen him. I mean, naturally, you talk in the NFL, he does the NFL. Yeah, he teams up with Romo, yeah. So he can't get a word in edgewise with him. Oh, he's with (laughs) – oh, he's – Oh, he's with Romo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But I don't watch. I don't watch Romo either. I don't know if he's that good. It's just somebody who's just a, a novice, maybe criticizing somebody who doesn't deserve to be criticized. Because I've heard him say that Romo is just outstanding, and maybe he is, but maybe it's just something I'm just not watching and not paying much attention to somebody who is just a lot more talented than what I think. So that's why I'm glad I called you to get your opinion that he is talented. He deserves to be where he is. And uh, it's just me that likes, would rather be seeing uh, uh, Dandy Don Meredith and Howard Cosell. They were the, they oh, were the now you, now you talk. There you go, Rich. Good, good call, brother. I appreciate that. Now you're talking the old school guys. Now that, that's uh, that, that's the old, old school guys. Yeah, I, I like those guys. So listen, those Monday night broadcast teams, whether it was Joe Namath when he was in there, uh, or even OJ, believe it or not, when he was in there, or Dandy Don and, and Frank Gifford, that, that's classic stuff. That's classic. Listen, Nance does a good job, NFL. He's got a you know, tough assignment there working with Romo. And 
I, I like Romo for the most part. You know, he, he, you know, I don't mind him calling the plays and stuff. He kind of tempered that a little bit this past year. I think he does overall a halfway decent job. And, and like I said, I think he does a, a good job of just letting his analysts do whatever he wants and say whatever he wants in the NFL. Whereas, um, and, and golf, he just, he does. He talks a lot, and it's just uh, I don't know. Uh, I think he actually loves golf more than the NFL. I, I get that sense, and because of that, it, he seems to go over the top a little bit. So not only not horrible, but you know, not a fan of his golf stuff. Definitely not. Here's the NBA. I, I tell you what, the NBA it never ceases to amaze me. It, it really doesn't. We all know the NBA has favorites, right? You know, we saw that with the schedule that came out over the weekend. They're going to open up with two games. It's going to be Utah and the Orleans Clippers and the Lakers. Now, if anybody, you know, if FanDuel would have put a bet on who's going to be playing the opening night of the NBA's return, boy, I would have bet the house that the Lakers were going to be involved. Absolutely. And my second choice would have been New Orleans. I would have thought maybe they would have played those two against each other, but why, you know, have two or why, you know, have one monster game when you could have two monster games, right? So, lo and behold, as it turns out, Utah is playing New Orleans and Zion Williamson, and the Clippers are playing the Lakers and LeBron James on July 30th, if everything goes as planned. So, that's going to be the opening two days, and then the schedule has generally five or six games every day after that. So, what's the problem, Scott? Well, we all know, despite this latest little lawsuit that's going on in which Zion you know, at one point, you know, was told that he had to testify about how he got to Duke. You know, the latest is he doesn't have to testify, but that's not over by a long shot as his former agent is suing his current agent. And to make a long story short, the, the former agent is trying to get Zion to testify in court on how he got to Duke because she says he was paid uh, or at least his family was paid. And, and boy, it'd be nothing better I would love to see. You know, you got Coach K giving out this video on Black Lives Matter. Once again, he wants to come across as the saint of college basketball. And boy, to have Zion go on stand and testify that his parents got paid a million dollars or a half a million dollars or a couple hundred thousand dollars, whatever the case may be, to go do, oh, that would be great. That would be just great. But believe you me, even though it does not pertain to the NBA, that is the last thing the NBA wants. They clearly, and I mean clearly with a capital K, want Zion to be the new face of the NBA. How do I know that? Did you see the schedule that they came out with for them? I was wondering the whole time how they were going to do this. I, I, I did not, you know, were they just going to continue the schedule that these teams had? They couldn't do that, right, because they got a bunch of teams that aren't playing. So were they going to draw names out of a hat? Was it going to go reverse order? <clears throat> was it going to be the same as much as possible for everybody? You know, Eastern Conference teams and Western Conference teams, um, there really is no need to, to do that because they're all playing down in Orlando, so it's not like baseball where you'd have to fly. So I was curious to see how they were going to come up with it. Well, the teams are, if, if you don't know how it's set up, it's it's kind of goofy, but, you know, Ultimately, top eight teams make the postseason. But if you're the ninth best team in each conference and you're within four games of the eighth best team, then the eighth and ninth best teams have a two-game playoff. So the goal is to be at least nine or better. Now, New Orleans with Zion plays a bunch of teams, and they're battling basically Memphis, Portland, Sacramento, 
San Antonio for those eighth nine spots. So what's the point, Scott? Well, Memphis is currently sitting in the number eight hole right now. Their schedule includes five teams that are above 500. Portland is in contention very close. Their schedule includes six teams that are 500 or better. San Antonio is close to the pack as well in the hunt. Their schedule includes five teams that are 500 or better. Sacramento is the last team that's battling for one of those two spots. Uh, their schedule does only include three, but I'll tell you, they have you know 10,000 people out with the virus. So nobody, including Buddy Heald, you know, probably their best player, or certainly one of their two, three best players. So nobody but nobody. They literally have three guys out with the virus. So no one's counting on the Queens to do anything. So they're really an afterthought. They are there in the standings, but but still, they have three. So Memphis, which is the team to beat, has five teams with a winning record. Portland has six. San Antonio has five. And Sacramento even has three. I'll give you a guess. How many New Orleans has? How about six? Nope. How about five? Nope. How about four? Nope. How about three, like Sacramento? Nope. How about two? Two teams. They start with the Jazz and the Clippers. And then they go to, or not go to, but then they play Memphis, sucks. Sacramento, sucks. Washington, sucks. San Antonio, sucks. Sacramento, sucks. Orlando. Six of their eight games are against clubs that have losing records. Do you believe that? Do you, do you, I mean, I do. I shouldn't even ask if you believe it. I mean, what a... And again, the teams they're trying to catch. Now, you may say, well, they're, they're battling some of those teams that are vying for playoff spots. So that kind of makes sense. You know what? It does. It, it absolutely does. You know, they're not playing scrub teams because there really aren't any scrub teams because they didn't make the cut. So they're battling all these teams in the lower portion of their conferences uh, that are trying to make the final playoff spot. That's not the point. The point is all those other teams, the Memphis, Portland, Sacramento's, and San Antonio's, they're all playing the Lakers and OKC and Utah and the Bucks and the Rockets, Denver. They're playing all these great teams. And, and New Orleans is playing Sacramento a couple of times, Washington, which stinks, Orlando. I mean, it's a, it's a joke. They clearly, absolutely, positively, clearly have paved the way for Zion to make the playoffs. I, I mean, it's a joke. Do they not... Do they think people don't notice this? Maybe they don't. I don't know. You know, maybe it's, it's, it's dopes like me that have nothing better to do on a Saturday or Sunday morning than break down the remaining eight games for every team's schedule. But I'm telling you, when you go in with a premise, and I knew, I knew they wanted New Orleans to make the postseason. I know they want to elevate Zion and his Pelicans team to superstar status. The numbers prove people want to watch him and they want to watch this team because of him. But do they have to make it so freaking obvious? I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's comical. It is absolutely comical that they would allow them to have only two playoff contending, well, two teams with winning records. I, I won't say uh, contending, but 
two teams with winning records, and the other teams basically have five and six. I, I mean, if you're Memphis or you're Portland or you're San Antonio and you're sitting there with a monster schedule, beast after beast after beast on your schedule, and you look at the Pelicans and, and you're doing some scoreboard watching and you're seeing them play Sacramento, Washington, Sacramento again, Orlando, you got to be saying, what the fudge? We got the Clippers, Jazz, and Lakers back to back to back, and they have, you know, Washington, Spurs, and Sacramento back to back to back. Uh, it's joking. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagels and Bad Beats on this Monday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, 844-843-6879, 844-843-6879. Okay, a couple little technical difficulties with the phones, but they are back up and running, so uh, you want to give a call, we'll get you in uh, on the uh, other side of the top of the hour. And also, other side of the top of the hour, we will uh, give you teams to play on and play against. Because there are, well, we tell you what we'll do. And let me correct myself. I'll give you teams to play against. We'll do the teams that you should be playing on, those with the boys in Vegas slash FanDuel. Uh, we'll do that tomorrow. But there are some definite, definite go against teams that if you like to uh, put a, a couple of shekels on things, then uh, there are a few teams that I think just have disaster, just, just absolute disaster uh, written all over them. But I, I tell you, you know, I must admit, with the NBA, they didn't do the Lakers any favors as much as I know they like uh, New Orleans, but they also love the L.A. Lakers. When you look at their schedule, and this is a good idea of what Memphis, Portland, Sacramento, and San Antonio are like. The Lakers' schedule include the Clippers, Toronto, OKC, Houston, Pacers, Denver, and then finally Sacramento. And they got seven playoff teams on their schedule. but. They also have a five-game cushion over the Clippers for the number one seed in the West. So, you know, they could go three and four. Hell, they could go two and five or, or uh, three and five in these eight games, and they're not blowing a five-game cushion. You know, the Clippers would have to run the table. I and mean, even if they did, again, all you would need was a couple of wins. So this kind of reminds me of what the NCAA does with the Dookie Pukies in these tournaments. You know, they put them in so-called tough brackets, but in the end, they put all the tough teams on the other side of the bracket, so they really only have to play one of those teams. It's it's a crock. It really is. And that that's kind of what they do with the Lakers. Well, well, we'll, we'll punish the Lakers, but in reality, with a five-game cushion, they're not punishing anybody. Bagels and Bad Beats, hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up right here on the Monday Morning with Scott Weston. 